Hello, everyone, everywhere, and welcome to Life on Earth. Today is Thursday, March 16th, 2023, and this past Sunday, March 12th, 2023, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences held its 95th annual Academy Awards, or the Oscars, in recognition of excellence in cinematic achievements as assessed by the Academy's voting membership. Now, the star of the show, as most of you will know by now, the film which took all the marbles, or at least the vast majority of them, was the absurdist comedy drama written and directed by Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once is a strange film to lead the ceremony with 11 nominations and seven wins, including Best Picture. A movie, quote, with elements of surreal comedy, science fiction, fantasy, martial arts films, and animation. Now, personally, I found that the film required both the suspension of disbelief and the suspension of dislike. So I'm thinking, why am I watching these terrible and oblivious and boring people doing these terrible things? And why am I watching these absurd, metaphysically impossible, and sometimes downright revolting things happening? But well, is it all that strange? For example, I enjoyed just as one example. I enjoy Harry Potter films. And there's plenty of unpleasantness there. And enjoying the films certainly requires a massive suspension of disbelief. Suspension of disbelief. This is a quality of fiction in general. And especially of certain plot elements or tropes. And certain tropes, certain plot devices always try my patience. See if you have any of the same feeling here. Magic. Oh, suspension of disbelief times 10. Time travel. And multiverses. Because like God or socialism, these tropes aren't just absurd, they're impossible. And they're not just impossible, properly understood. They're inconceivable. They're undefinable. They're nonsensical. But surprisingly, and fortunately, since they're also quite common, it turns out these plot devices can be used very effectively in fiction, in film, in storytelling, if, if you as the storyteller are willing to do three things. Number one, use the concept, whether it's magic or time travel or multiverses, use the concept in a way that people can connect in some way, no matter how loosely, with reality. And two, give your story's universe some rules to follow, some identity to the phenomenon you're using, an internally consistent set of parameters for folks to work with. And finally, three, and a point I want to make. Pay the freight. You need to pay your audience. That is, you need to make it worth it, worth it to your audience to do the work of suspending their disbelief 
and following your story. You've got to make it worth it for them to come along for the ride. Now, this last is a general rule for me, for you, for all of us. It's well worth knowing this and applying it. If you want anything from anyone, whether it's their time and attention, their work and their effort, or simply their money, you need to make it worth it. You need to appeal to their self-interest. You need to pay the freight. Now, in regard to self-interest, in an episode this past Tuesday by Nikos, Nikos Satirikopoulos, entitled, The Worst Communication Advice I Ever Got. This was TDO number 710. Nikos shared some presentation advice he received early in his academic career. You know, the format to give a good talk. This is the advice he received. Three parts, real simple. Number one, tell them what you will tell them. Number two, tell them. And number three, tell them what you told them. And now after 15 years of using this format, this advice, he discovered it was actually bad advice. In particular, the opening and the closing do not motivate the, the listener to listen. You know, tell them what you're going to tell them and then tell it to them and then tell them what you told them. Well, it doesn't offer the listener a value proposition. It doesn't give you any reason to pay attention or ensure retention. So Nico's advice in this episode, in the beginning, tell them anything but what you're going to tell them. Instead, motivate them. What's in it for me? And then end with something different than the content portion, something climactic, memorable, inspiring, something of value to the listener. So Nico's alternative structure, four parts. One, motivate. Two, inform, transfer the knowledge. Three, persuade. And four, inspire. So if you haven't already, give that episode a watch and give it a like. In fact, speaking of likes, if you haven't liked this episode already, please click like. If you haven't put in a super chat, consider hitting the dollar sign at the bottom. If you're not already a member of the Ayn Rand Center UK, become a member. The reason this show is happening is because the Ayn Rand Center makes it possible. Gives me a channel, a format, a place, a structure. They're the best. If you're not already a member, you do that. But yes, we'd love to see some super chat from the live listeners. Any monies that you put in, they don't go to me. I'm already an objectivist, so I'm rich, I'm wealthy, I'm independent. But they do go to support the Ayn Rand Center UK. And I would love to see that. Whoops, bit of echo there, sorry. So yes, give Nico's episode a talk. The common denominator between Nico's excellent advice on public speaking and using magic and multiverses in fiction, in film, the common denominator is pay the freight. Make it worth it. Give the listener or the viewer a good selfish reason to listen. So let me tell you, when Kei-Hee Kwan won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, I was a bit surprised. Remember, I had a mixed reaction the first time I saw the film. So I was a bit surprised, but I was also pleased. Now, look at my show links, facebook.com slash Robert Naser. It's a link on Twitter, too. Look at my show links for some fun and even inspiring clips and interviews with the actor. 
you know, Kay Hui Quan came from Vietnam as a kid, came to the States, found himself by a bit of luck at age 12, starring as Harrison Ford's sidekick, Short Round, in the Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom film. And he even had the same actor. He had a small part in the classic teen film Encino Man. More about that in a moment. Now, when Jamie Lee Curtis then won Best Supporting Actress, well, I was surprised again, but then she's always been great. Um, you know, see True Lies with Arnold Schwarzenegger or A Fish Called Wanda with Kevin Klein and John Cleese for a bit of fun. She is, after all, the daughter of Janet Lee and Tony Curtis. And on top of that, Jamie Lee Curtis is the Baroness Hayden Guest, you know, wife of Baron Christopher Guest of This Is Spinal Tap and The Princess Bride fame. So, okay, not as much of a surprise that she nabbed Best Supporting Actress. And the undeniably great Michelle Yeoh. Of course, she won Best Actress. If you don't know Michelle Yeoh's work as an actress, an athlete, a martial artist, she is in always inspiring and amazing. Look at those links that I posted. But those can't do her justice. Look at her career. And then... The winner of the Academy Award for Best Picture, well, was, of course, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Daniel Kwan, Daniel Scheinert, and Jonathan Wang producers. It, it was almost anticlimactic when Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert then also won Best Original Screenplay. In fact, well, my only disappointment was that Puss in Boots' The Last Wish lost out to uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, a rather dark take on an arguably already dark story. Oh, and I was told by Amy Nacer that I had to include the best story from the Oscars, Bill Nighy carrying around a small toy rabbit. According to Metro.co.uk, uh, the movie star 73 attended the annual Starry Bash after being nominated for the first time in his role in the film Living. Alas, he didn't win. As the gong went to Brendan Fraser for the rail, the whale. More about that in a moment. But something tells us Bill wasn't distraught, given that he had his bunny to keep him company. In a statement to Metro.co.uk, Nahi explained, "Quote: My granddaughter's schedule intensified, and I was charged with rabbit sitting responsibilities." I wasn't prepared to leave her unattended in a hotel room. The stakes are too high. Where I go, she goes, unquote. I love that. I love that in the way that I love when anybody successful does cute and quirky things. Too charming. So speaking of quirky stories from the Oscars, the one major award that everything, everywhere, all at once didn't win was Best Actor since it didn't have a nominee. <laughs> that award went to Brendan Fraser for his role in The Whale. A great actor. Downer film, which I haven't seen. I have to acknowledge that. In fact, I haven't seen anything by the filmmaker Darren Aronofsky, who, by all accounts, is brilliant, but relentlessly depressing. <laughs> But what isn't depressing is that Brendan Fraser can make any role likable. 
And he definitely should have won the Academy Award for his first role as Link in that classic teen comedy 1992's Encino Man. So says I. Do a quick refresh here. There we go. And the fun fact, the fun Academy Award fact, the connection is that fellow 95th anniversary Academy Awards winner for Best Supporting Actor, Kei-Hee-Wee Kwan did have a small role at the age of 20 in that film Encino Man with Brendan Fraser. Brendan and Kay together on Fraser's first film together as Oscar winners 30 years later. So maybe everything does happen everywhere and all at once. Now I've heard mixed reviews similar to mine. <laughs> in the objectivist community and the world at large to everything, everywhere, all at once. Now, I, I certainly had a mixed reaction to it. You know, spoiler alert, there will be a minor spoiler here. Hot dog fingers? Really? But given the premise, the premise being that there are, in fact, multiple universes in every conceivable variation of what could happen, of what one could imagine happening, Everything has happened in some other universe. Well, this is what you get. If anything and everything is possible, well, there won't just be a universe in which different versions of you exist with different personalities or positions. If everything is possible, and in multiverse theory, every possibility is actual, well, then sure, there must be a universe in which people's fingers are, in fact, hot dogs. Okay, this is absurdism. And it's used to make a point. The sad thing is that there's actually a many worlds interpretation of QM, of quantum mechanics out there. The reason time travel, time travel, the reason time travel is in my personal list of no-nos, of heavy freight. And if you're going to use it, you better pay that freight. Is that, well, if you're going to use tri time travel, Time travel is impossible. And properly understood, time travel is inconceivable because time isn't a dimension, not metaphysically. You know, we love to think of time as a fourth dimension. It's a handy perspective in a lot of ways. You know, sure, time is measurable, but what we're actually measuring is change. You know, a pendulum swinging. Uh, spring unwinding, things moving, things changing, things happening. Time is the measure of change. And yes, if Einstein is right, then time, the process of things changing from what they are to what they will be, may be variable. But that's all it means. Change may occur more slowly in some space-time contexts. But change, change is always in one direction, and that's all that time is. In reality, the only time travel is forward at 3,600 seconds per hour. And time travel, as popularly depicted, is impossible and properly understood and conceivable, but it's so popular. and. It should be. See, I love me a good time travel story. 
And it is not wholly a matter of, you know, whim worshiping or wishful thinking. I mean, sure, most of us have as children. Okay, maybe some of us as adults have wished we could go back in time to change some key aspects of our past. You know, fix a few things we did wrong. Give young Robert Nasser some advice on that one career move or that relationship that was not going to end well, or travel to the future and see if AI takes over, or, you know, just to find out what the price of Bitcoin is going to be next year. All metaphysically impossible. But it is, in fact, crucial to travel to the past. Now, in terms of memory and knowledge, and skills, and experience, and to reminisce, and gain wisdom from our experiences, and learn from our mistakes. And we must travel to the future, planning, projecting, imagining what might be done, so that we can get to the task of doing it, of creating the future we want. Yesterday, today was tomorrow. Tomorrow, today will be yesterday. Metaverses and alternate realities, like time travel, at their best, these are variations on what-if stories. And while absurd, everything, everywhere, all at once is unquestionably a what-if story. The spin-off universes in Everything Everywhere aren't created by QM, they're created by life choices, which you know might not seem metaphysically credible, but it's a far more useful paradigm than quantum mechanics for a what-if film. Suspension of disbelief is not, and need not be, escapism, not in the sense of evasion. As Leonard Peikoff said, and James Valiant and I discussed this during a recent Peikoff Essays episode, Literature versus Philosophy. The link's in my show notes. Again, facebook.com slash Robert Nacer. Anything can be escapism. If by that you mean getting away, again, quoting Leonard Peikoff, if by that you mean getting away from the dull, depressing scene around you to something better, unquote. And that's something better it can be more than just escapism. It can open up our imaginations to what could be. This can inspire us to do and be more. Remind us of who we really are, you know, when we've lost our way, perhaps, you know, just a bit. Uh, now, addressing the question of what the Oscars mean for where we're at. I've got to say, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you right now, today, about the awards was that my initial reaction to the list of nominees was, oh no, <laughs> where are the truly great films? And why have I only seen a couple of the nominees? And why didn't Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, beat Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio? Puss in Boots was so damn cute. The film which perhaps should have been my obvious pick, you know, straightforward, fun, exciting, adventurous, heroic story, Top Gun Maverick. Well, I didn't even see it because I just haven't gotten over its star advancing the nightmare that is Scientology. I've been told I should see it anyway. That may happen. And the big winner of the night, everything, everywhere, all at once is an absurdist comedy drama film. What does that say? 
about where we are. But the more I think about it, the more I appreciate it. As a man of reason, the absurdity was hard to take. But on its own merits, the film was brilliantly acted. The wins by Michelle Yeoh and Kei Huan and Jamie Lee Curtis were all well-earned. It was expertly produced and directed. It was cleverly scripted. It was masterfully edited, the seventh award that it won. In each of the seven categories in which it won, it, it quite justly won on the merits. Today's culture is a mix, a mix of good and bad, progress and regression, reason and unreason. Just as everything everywhere was a mix of absurdity and insights, action and drama, comedy and adventure, so too the positive response to the film, its box office success, its Academy Awards sweep, it was for me a little ominous in its metaphysics, but a lot of hopeful in its application, production, competence, creativity, drama, craft. And there is plenty of straightforward, direct, heroic, inspiring, motivational film out there. Just as there is now, thanks to Ayn Rand, a straightforward, direct, heroic, inspiring, motivational philosophy out there. Objectivism is the single greatest system for understanding everything, everywhere. And yes, all at once, the past, the present, the future. A framework for understanding everything, everywhere, all at once, and then applying your understanding right here, right now. But for folks who found life especially challenging, or who are looking for creative ideas that are especially interesting, or who simply find it compelling to test the limits of their own suspension of disbelief, a big dollop of creative, intentional, purposeful outrageousness in art can be powerful stuff. My recommendation, here's your takeaway. Take in more, take in more art, take in more literature, take in more film and do so purposefully, mindfully, full focus. Do not repress and do not stop. Reason versus emotion is a false dichotomy. If anyone should live with joy, with passion, with joie de vie, a real lust for life. It's those in the objectivist community, those who embrace and achieve values. It's me and you. Happily, for you who choose to venture into these worlds of magic and time travel and multiverses, Reality is always right here, right now, waiting for you to return, always. And with reason and a rational philosophy as your stable, reliable bedrock, 
you are well positioned to take any insights and inspiration, motivation and desire, ideas, revelations you've picked up on the way and apply them right here, right now to life on earth.